Okay, Q&A, my favorite part. Our first one is from Robert and says, not going to watch, not realistic, pioneer women didn't cuss and act like men. Well, this Robert. Was very passionate. Well, Robert's a real blast of sunshine, isn't he? <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, I, I We included this one because it, it sort of represents a lot of people who have really strong opinions about how pioneer women behaved. And I don't know how these people know how pioneer women behaved. Like all pioneer women didn't behave the same. There was probably the upper class ladies who behaved more ladylike. But you got like the regular working folk. It was probably a real wide variety of of how women, I'm sure women cussed in 19th century Texas. Like it just had to have happened. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, you can't look what you said. There's a probably a sprinkle of everything, not just one generic yeah. cut and paste. Uh, people upset, too, about how the women were riding the horses and talking about side saddle. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, but, you know, I mean, it's at a certain point, you have to kind of eliminate certain things that you're going to represent. I, I think Faith isn't necessarily Faith Hill. Margaret, Jane, uh, Margaret Dutton isn't supposed to represent all women. All of, yeah. <laughs> She's just yeah, like... Yeah. Her, she's one type, right? So, but thank you very much. That was from YouTube, and we appreciate people watching on YouTube. So, thank you, Robert. The next one that I have is from Rob. I can't stop watching it. I usually watch each episode two to three times now. Wow, good for you! And I got my wife hooked now. Episode five broke her heart. I agree. And on a side note, really like your podcast. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, that, that's a different Rob. Yeah, Robert and now Rob. These are two different people. Yeah, uh, I called Taylor Sheridan. I called Taylor Sheridan every bad name I could think of for killing off such a likable character. One thing that amazes me is the quality of dentistry back then. Everyone seems to have perfect teeth. I guess the barbers back then sucked at cutting hair, but was great at taking care of your teeth. I obviously, <laughs> as we talked about earlier, I am a teeth gal. I noticed that as well. But, Billy, can you share the story kind of behind yeah. a specific teeth scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Well, we can go back and, and you can people can go back to the interview that I did with Eric Nelson. It's in the archives of the mm-hmm. Dutton Rules podcast and listen to that. At the very end, he talks about his teeth. And at the initially, before the very first filming, uh, makeup kind of janked up his teeth a little bit so that he, they didn't look so mm-hmm. good. Because he, he does have tremendous teeth. They're really, really white. Like, if you're a country music fan, you might know who Dustin Lynch is. He's, like, another character with, like, really white, a really good row of chicklets. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Uh, Eric yeah. walked out of makeup, and Taylor Solomon said, take that off. And from then on, they just decided that for some strange reason, Ennis would have fabulous teeth. But then he takes a shot at the haircuts and the barbers. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Seems a little... I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that one, but I kind of feel like the teeth is a little bit along the line of the pioneer women cussing or acting like men. It's kind of like, you know, maybe some of them had good teeth. You know, at some point we can't nitpick the right. smallest things. Next we're going to say all, you know, their their eyes were too beautiful. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I trying agree. to think of another like physical feature. <laughs> I have one more to add to the pile. And this okay. is from Brandon, who actually wrote us a really, really long, really insightful email at staff at where he did some pretty fantastic research. And I'm going to summarize a lot of this and then share an Easter egg that he kind of pointed out. 
Uh, first of all, he corrected Ooh. us. Uh, last week, we said that the four sixes was about 45 minutes away from Fort Worth. As it turns out, it's several hours away. Uh, I think we were looking right. at the town of Weatherford, and four sixes is not in Weatherford. Correct. So that's where our confusion was Correct. there, but, but thank you, Brandon. He also broke down mm-hmm. the route that these pioneers are, are presumably taking up to Montana, Oregon, and parts unknown. And the way he broke it down is really impressive. This topic of the route that people took is a really popular thread on Reddit. And I'm going to summarize that by saying he believes they took what's called the Great Western Cattle Trail because another trail that's popular okay. that people that took the Chisholm Trail started to kind of get closed down by 1882. The Great Western Cattle Trail starts a little west of Fort Worth, and that would cross the Brazos. From there, he specifically mm-hmm. has them located near Fort Griffin in Texas, and you literally can Google that and see exactly where he thinks uh, the, the pioneers are right now. And to be honest, based on what he said, I, I don't think he's wrong. Like, I think he's kind of in that general area in the northern part of Texas, some couple hundred miles away from Fort Worth. Dang, that's some pretty good research. He also points out that, um, you remember in episode four, before they crossed the river, Shea Brennan is talking to Thomas, and Thomas says that they could stop at Burke Bennett's as a, a, a potential ranch to get to, to get some food. Yes. And I'm actually really glad that you are hitting on this because I actually did some research on this. So yes, yeah. I do remember that. Burke Bennett, that ranch would later become the Four Sixes Ranch. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. amazing research. Well, and he was saying, if you remember, Thomas, he mentions... Uh, Charles Goodnight. Yeah. Do you in that in that same scene, who is an actual real life cowboy and Texas Ranger? I I just I and you might have already known that I mm. didn't, and so I went down a rabbit hole. And not only was he a well known Texas Ranger, and he joined the Rangers at the age of twenty one, is what the research that I found said. Um, but he also became the state's most famous, one of the state's most uh, famous ranchers, and by the time he was ninety, Goodnight owned the biggest ranch in Texas, well over a million acres. So Thomas mentioning, yeah, you know, we'll we'll go to Goodnight and uh, all the above. I mean that that is a real Charles Goodnight is a real person. So I thought that was super interesting, and obviously someone who, as I live in Texas, I equally found it just as fascinating. Just that's where I live, so. Uh, staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address once again. And, um, I'm curious to see now, as we kind of get towards episode six, we know that Rita Wilson's going to appear. I'm I'm curious to know if her character Mm -hmm. is based on a real life person or kind of how she's worked in. I'm wondering if it's a flashback scene or if they're actually going to visit a city. I hope so. Because the Tom Hanks one, he was there for a mere three minutes, and then he was gone. So I hope we see her a little bit longer than that. I do, too. And Tim McGraw, I don't know if you've heard interviews with Tim McGraw, but he loves that Tom Hanks scene. Like, he loves it. <laughs> He's just talking about how he just thought it was, like, the most so funny, beautiful scene, and, like, he cried and all of this. I'm like, all right, bro. I mean, I guess it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from him, but that wasn't, like, I'm not like, oh, I mean, that piano scene was fine. But Tom Hanks, that was it. <laughs> He puts his hand on his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I didn't, I didn't feel that. I don't that. think maybe says one line. No. Yeah. 
It didn't yeah. tug at the heartstrings like the Beethoven ballad. No. Right. It's like, guess I guess you had to be there, Haas. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's more, yeah, had to be there moment. Any predictions for episode six and beyond? <sighs> Deep sigh. <laughs> Maybe it's going to pick up. It's going to be a little lighter. It's going to be uh, more. Billy, I don't think it's going to pick fanciful. up. I hope. Okay, actually, pr- prediction. I think we're going to maybe, we might see maybe some love interests with Thomas and the gypsy. I hope so, because I think this next episode, we're also going to see the contrast of that. I think just, I, I Elsa might go into depression. I mean, truly, yeah. I think we're going to see a really, really dark side to Elsa in this next episode, which emotionally I'm prepared for, so. Naomi <laughs> we'll is see. her name, by the way. Her name's not the gypsy. Oh, the gypsy? Naomi. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Naomi. Yeah, I think that's her Naomi. <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Respect what about the you, woman. Billy? Any predictions? <laughs> I know. I know. That's so bad. Naomi. I, I think there's more rivers to be crossed because in some of the, the media days, they talk about having to cross multiple rivers. Eventually, I think we're going to get to um, some encounters with natives. Um, and, and I do think we're going to end up in a city somehow because they got to re- refill that food wagon. And so I think that's maybe where we're going next. And, you know, once they're in a city, really anything could happen. That could be a lot of fun. We could go into a bar and see kind of a good, yeah, good old shootout. I'd look forward to that. Oh, yep. So you're saying we're, we're headed towards a city in episode six, six or seven. Okay. I'll give you seven. I don't think we're going to see it in six, but we shall see. And, and Elsa's just going to be miserable. She's just going to be just really, I know that downer of a friend that you got to stick with. The real question is, will we shed tears? Or really, will your wife shed tears and will I shed tears? I don't think you've shed any tears yet, so I won't put you in that bucket, but I shed we'll tears see. for that piano scene, I tell you what. And it's dying. <laughs> That's I didn't, true. I, that didn't get <laughs> That's me. That's actually how Billy... <laughs> that piano scene, I was like... <laughs> Billy literally rewatches the the piano scene y'all he tells me about the piano scene quite often so yes you're right you're right billy maybe there'll be another scene like that that's billy dukes who is actually unable to grow any armpit hair (laughs) thanks billy i'm addison hager and this week we covered a lot of ground but we'd love to know where you agree and disagree do you think spencer is elsa and ennis's baby are you ready for a thomas and naomi relationship are you missing Yellowstone already? Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address for questions, comments, and theories, and to share the answer to this week's trivia question. We'll be back with Yellowstone in 1883 Roundtable soon. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes, with special assistance from Sterling Whitaker, and produced by Billy Dukes. Before you leave, leave a review and rating, and please tap follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Here's what Eric Nelson is saying, because he has been hitting the media trail hard since his character was killed. I love it. He is yes, and I'm actually I'm so glad you brought that up. He says a couple things once. He confirms to Entertainment Weekly that uh, Elsa, we're going to see her walk through the rest of this journey with a much heavier foot than she did before. So you're right. Mm. Definitely a pivot for her. 
He also says, Ennis is not forgotten, but again, I can't explain what's going to happen for Ennis, but Elsa definitely carries his memory on, and we see that throughout. Carries could have been an intentional word choice there. Entertainment Weekly specifically Mm -hmm. asked him about a pregnancy, and his response was like, I can't say nothing about that. (laughs) So, (laughs) I think that a little wink, wink. A little bit. I think she's pregnant. I, I feel great about that. I, I think so as well. Now, we've made some bold proclamations on this. I've made some we bold pro- proclamations on this podcast. Yeah, I, was like, I think specifically, Billy, but I wasn't going to point fingers over here. But I'm really glad that you just brought that up because I will get on that statement. We're not afraid to be wrong. You got to give us credit for that. True. <laughs> Usually we are. True. <laughs> well, what I love... Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> I was going to give you a little bit more benefit of the doubt, specifically with the Garrett situation, but mm, yeah. I remember. No. But speaking of Ennis, I really do... I have loved following him on social... Well, Eric Nelson, following him on social media, because I really feel like him and and Tim McGraw does a really good job, too, as you know, showing behind-the-scene footage and stuff, but... Man, I feel like Eric really does a good job of engaging with fans and really pumping up 1883 and his character. And it's it's honestly been enjoyable following him on social media as he's just really, really, I think truly the most, even out of, gosh, I'd even say out of the Yellowstone cast, to just really just full-on invest in it. I have a little bit more of a cynical take on it. Oh, no. I agree. What is it, Billy? It has been nice. But this, to me, is a man looking for a J-O-B. Like, have you ever had someone (laughs) in this industry, you know them well, and then you kind of lose touch, and they get fired, or they lose their job, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, hey, Addison, want to do lunch? Or something like that. Like, he's just like Mr. Sociable, trying to get his name out there everywhere they can. And honestly, I got to give him a ton of credit for it. His publicist is doing a, a really great job. She's the one that hooked us up with Eric. Uh, several mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. weeks ago, and that kind of started this. And now he's doing all the media. He's on Facebook. He's he's digging into the Instagram lives to sort of get his name out there. This is a man who wants as much of attention right now because the iron is hot, hot and he needs to strike. I it's a smart business move. Take, take notes, kids. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is out there. He is looking for a job. Dude's got to get to work. He's got kids. <laughs> They're not going to pay for their own college. Okay, Billy, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, let's stay on this because this will segue us into Yellowstone a little bit. Well, first of all, I have a theory that season one isn't going to get out of Texas. Oh, I totally agree. This is taking way too dang long. Yeah, there's just not enough time left to get through all these states to get to Montana and then Oregon. Correct. But Tim McGraw did an interview with Jefferson White's uh, official Yellowstone podcast. That was pretty insightful. He shared something, though, about how he kind of came to the show that I think kind of, I don't know if it's important, but it's certainly interesting. The very first scene he filmed as James Dutton was the second flashback scene that appeared on Yellowstone, where he's riding the horse through the woods, chasing those guys who have stolen his horse. There's that big shootout. After that, they shot the very first scene we saw of him as James Dutton, where he's wearing that awesome jacket. You love that jacket. And he's talking to the natives about um, they want to bury one of their elders. He films that next. Mm -hmm. Then Faith Hill is brought on, and they film the scene with Faith in the cabin where she has Spencer and uh, John Sr. and James Dutton gets shot. Uh, 
or no, sorry, it's John, yes, Senior. John Senior. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, James and James gets shot, possibly even killed mm-hmm. during that sequence. I thought that was kind of interesting because we had it that maybe they filmed that second flashback once they kind of realized that 1883 was going to get cooking and they needed some additional promo. Right. But that wasn't the case at all. This was always written into season four of Yellowstone that Tim McGraw was going to appear as James Dutton a couple of times, even if 1883, the show, never happened. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, people are giving this show a lot of crap because, like, are giving Yellowstone a lot of crap because they, uh, it's, they're a little bit of a commercial for the 1883 and for the 4-6s shows. And as it turns out, that was just sort of a side effect, um, not necessarily what they were trying to do. I really, I personally liked the interweaving of everything just because I felt like it really set me up well to understand as we headed into 1883. I didn't have to start it kind of trying to understand. I kind of had a little bit of a taste going in knowing, okay, this is kind of what it's going to be about, even four sixes, if that ends up actually uh, airing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't have an issue with it, but I know a lot of my friends who watch it, that is probably one of their biggest things that they say. They're like, too many ads for the other shows less Yellowstone content itself. So I guess it just depends on maybe where you, if you were a loyal viewer from season one. You want to hear something kind of a little bit. I don't know. (laughs) It's a detail (laughs) that. Your pause, Billy, scares me. It's a detail that Isabel May shares during her interview with Jefferson White that I thought was maybe a bit of an overshare, but she owns it. So I'm going to share here. Oh, I'm here. Uh, okay. I love it, oversharing. It took her so long to grow the underarm hair that we see her with during 1883 that she says she's going to keep it. She's owning oh. it and she is <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> yeah, you threw up your hands. Oh, I didn't. You were excited about I something. I threw up my but... hands. Well, because I'm so glad you brought that up because when I saw that scene, I was I was honestly impressed. I was like, good for the show for being very accurate because obviously they don't have razors. They're not out right. there shaving their legs or underarms. And so I love that they kept to that. But then, I, guys, my arms started slowly <laughs> dropping when Billy said, and she's keeping it. Yep. So I'm kind of, I don't know how I feel about that part. But a lot of questions and comments about sort of the... Um, women of the late 19th century as we get to the Q&A that I'm excited to dig into. But we learned a little bit about Yellowstone Season 5 this week. You want to move on to that? Yes, I am ready to move on. Okay, so we know we knew there was a Season 5. Um, season 4 obviously mm-hmm. left off with Jamie killing his dad, his real dad, Garrett Randall. Correct. Um, he is now kind of under the Dutton thumb and... Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think weeks later, we have some questions about those scenes as well. I'm so glad you teed that up because I have a question about specifically the Garrett and Jamie scene where Jamie kills his dad. I'm curious if, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion, Billy, if Garrett knew that Jamie was going to come and kill him. I mean, you know, as Jamie walks up and Garrett kind of, he looks like he's resigned to the fact, okay, here it comes. And I now see it almost as there was this moment where, you know, Garrett's really buttering him up, telling him how much he loves him, how proud of him he is, almost kind of in a way manipulating, seeing, man, can I potentially, you know, use Jamie's weakness to turn his, you know, 
potential plot to kill me yeah. and he's not going to kill me, you know, last minute, see if he can change his mind by, but very subtly, not just saying, don't, don't kill me. And obviously couldn't ultimately talk his way out of it. And then we see that Jamie is more terrified of Rip Wheeler than yeah. of keeping his own father alive. So do you think Garrett knew he was going to be killed? Because I, this is one of those that, like I said, you know, you're walking, I'm doing daily things, and this is in my head going, <laughs> hmm, wait a minute. <laughs> this is like one of those personality test questions. Like, are you dogs or cats? Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> because I think how you believe this scene went down, and if Garrett knew, kind of states if you're an optimist or a pessimist. Like, are, are you skeptical of Garrett to no end? Or did you believe him when he said, <laughs> I love you, son, and I'm I'm proud of you? He, he looked his son in the eye and said he just hopes and prays that he can get over his fear because he can conquer anything. And then he ends with, I love you, son. That, to me, was believable. I have no reason not to believe that man. Everything he did, he says he did for the betterment of his son, but I saw nothing. We are never given any evidence to indicate that he was behaving for selfish reasons. Like, we never saw that. Um, But I do see why... One would think that because he says all that. He has that soliloquy. And then he kind of just turns back towards mm-hmm. the river and waits. And it's like, okay, is it coming or isn't it coming? Right. I think no. Well, I'd love. I think no. I think uh, Garrett know. Okay. didn't know. And Jamie just did it out of cold blood. And Garrett, like, in that split second between, like, the bullet hitting his head and, like, the end of his life. He was extremely disappointed and heartbroken for his son. And I think anybody who thinks he did know and was trying to manipulate him, uh, those are cat people. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to all the cat people out there. So so to speak. I want to hear everyone. Yeah, cheers. I would like to know other people's thoughts on this. So remember, staff at tasteofcountry.com for your opinions. Are you with Billy or are you with me? Are you a dog person? Which I person, have one more. Or are you a cat yeah, person? Are you a dog person? Or are you a cat person? What else you got? I would. Okay, I have one more about Jamie and Garrett. Well, Garrett is part of this moment. He's not really alive for this moment. But I would just like to say, how on earth did Jamie, on his way to the train station, not see Beth's car? She drives a Mercedes. It's not like, you know, the average Joe's car. She drives a luxury car. Also, this is a two-lane road on the way to the train station. Kind of looks like a little, you know, U cutoff that you can just kind of pull over. And there's no way that Beth walked to the train station. So that, to me, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. There's a little bit of a plot hole here. How did this this happen? You're not that oblivious. The only explanation maybe is that she drove another hundred yards up the road and pulled off and then walked back and was just there hiding. But I I agree, that is a little bit of a plot hole. Uh, He would have somehow figured that out. Maybe even as he pulled in and his lights would have shined on her somehow. Mm -hmm. It's not like she was in camouflage. Exactly. Was she still wearing her wedding dress during that (laughs) scene? She was was not in camouflage, Billy. (laughs) That dress had a... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so that was just something that, you know, we're going to have to... To live with one of those the, the the plot holes video we did the loose ends video we did in that conversation yes. it, it continues to provide a ton of enjoyment because people pointing out little things little picadillos about yellowstone that kind of bother them and you know they're I there mean, 
I love reading them personally. I'm yeah. here for the I'm here for the holes. Okay. What about you, Billy? Do well, you have any season five you... of Yellowstone? We know it's coming, right? Yes. Okay. So the executive producer David Glasser was in Variety, and he said that uh, it was going to begin filming in May, and he was aiming for fall for the uh, premiere of mm-hmm. season five, which is good information. The fall, hopefully before November, because it started in November in season four, and then we had those awkward day after Christmas, day after New Year's Day episodes, which were kind of a pain in the butt to get to. Right. Like, I did it, but I didn't want to do it. Like, I wouldn't mind that wrapping up before the holidays. If you could just work that in for me, thanks, yeah. Dave. Um, but we got <laughs> some some further information that I think is not only informative in terms of the production, but informative in terms of what we might see in season five. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drill this down for you in the quickest way possible. Dutton Rules, uh, part of the Taste of Country, Town Square Media Network. Town Square Media owns a bunch of radio stations. Some of those radio stations are located in Missoula, Montana. These are in, people that work there are essentially men and women on the ground that have a lot of insight into the filming process. One of them passed forward a press release issued that was a, a search for housing. Essentially, they got to find places for all these cast and crew to sleep. It specifically production is going to begin on May 15th and end on August 18th. And it's going to film almost entirely in that Missoula area. So no more Utah. We're not going to have any sort of satellite. I don't know that we'll have any four sixes scenes, although I suppose it's possible if they want to include Jimmy once again. But here's why I think it's important as it pertains to season five. May to August in Montana Scott, a gr- green on trees, like green grass, like this isn't the snowy season. I think we right. wrapped up season four with like kind of late fallish because we saw some snowy days. It was definitely chilly. Sometimes yeah. Montana, sometimes Yellowstone plays around with time a little bit, so you can't exactly tell when. But according to the calendar I have worked out in my head, it was late fall. So now we're fast forwarding to at least spring or summer the following year. The whole governor's race issue could be sort of decided and sort of a moot point and sort of wrapped up in like a sentence or two in season five. Uh, Jamie will have some sort of, I don't want to say resolution to where he's at, but we'll, he'll have many months to sort of get to where he's headed. Uh, Beth and mm-hmm. Rip are, are not going to be honeymooning. They're going to be kind of living <laughs> in the marriage. Like everybody's going to kind of have moved forward a little bit, which I think is also important because of characters like, uh, Carter and Rip, the kids, they filmed season four like dang near two years ago. They're going to be a lot bigger and look a lot different. Yeah. If it just picked up the next yeah. day, that'd be super, super awkward. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, kiddos grow fast. And that I think that's really where you start seeing the difference mm-hmm. of just time. But I also I do think season five is going to be really, really big. I think it's going to be leading with Casey. I think so, too. And But I also think that whatever Casey saw will have started to play itself out. So we might go right into a scene where Casey and Monica hmm. are somehow split up mm-hmm. or on whatever path he chose that leads to the end of us. Like we could kind of be in the middle of that. Like the airport's either going to have advanced hmm. significantly. Summer Higgins could be close to getting out of jail when we kind of thought maybe we'd never see her again. I still think we'll never see her yeah. again. But it's possible she's going to get out of jail at some point during this season and play a role in season five as well. Yeah. Well, I, I actually really, I, if that ends up happening, I would I would personally like that because you kind of, 
it doesn't drag it out so much of trying to get to where we left off in season four to get to just the meat and potatoes of, you know, what's what's going to go down. So, I mean, I'd be here for that if that is how it ends up going, which I could see. And especially, like you said, the the kids specifically age, age-wise and just time, that would make sense of why they would do it that way. I think the show has six seasons in it. Really? I think five. I think we're done after this. I don't know. But we'll see. It's so popular. I, I feel like there's there's more there, but I don't know. We'll see. One day we'll kind of break down how we think the whole series is going to end. But until then, one foot at a time. One, one step at a time. <laughs> also, guys, I'm notorious for messing up sayings. So that was that was a free that was a freebie. That's <laughs> I own it. You, it's you, fine. You are. My well, friends know it. That's fine. In that split second between like the bullet hitting his head and like the end of his life, he was extremely disappointed and heartbroken. And I think anybody who thinks he did know was trying to manipulate him. Uh, those are cat people. Yellowstone's fourth season just wrapped a few weeks ago, but news about what's next has us tingling with anticipation. The show's executive producer gave a ballpark date for the start of filming, but our inside man is able to pinpoint when season five will start and finish production, and what this means for what viewers will see when we return to the Dutton Ranch. Things are likely to look much, much different. I'm Addison Hager, and with a break between episode five and episode six of 1883, we're going to take a moment to address a few important facts and theories about the 19th century Western. That's a long list that includes what actor Eric Nelson is saying after his on-screen tragedy and why he might have been very literal when he said that moving forward, Elsa will carry his memory. Honestly, the show might have leaked its biggest secret, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Tap follow on your preferred podcast platform, and when you finish this episode, take time to revisit conversations with Nelson, Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and more in the archives. We'd really appreciate a review and a five-star rating as well. Five more and we get a free sandwich! Okay, that's a joke. But in all seriousness, this is Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone, and 1883 podcast, and today we'll focus on both shows in an approximate timeline for the third in its franchise, based on action at the Four Sixes Ranch. This week, we're also going to introduce a new trivia segment of the show that could win you a sweet opportunity. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address, and I promise you'll get a response from either myself or Billy Dukes, who is set to join us right now. Hello, Addison! Hello, Billy. I love the enthusiasm, as always, as you're sipping your coffee, you're hyped up on caffeine. And I'm excited for this episode today specifically because it's kind of this one big cornucopia, if you will. We're going to be talking about Yellowstone and 1883, covering fans' comments and theories, kind of some question marks that we have covering Yellowstone and 1883 as well as theories. This is going to be just a jam pack of everything. A real potpourri. And I thought since there wasn't an episode of 1883 on Sunday night, which is the schedule, I think, is something that we kind of need to talk about because I have some theories or information mm -hmm. with regards to that. This would be an opportunity to sort of just hunker down for a second and catch up on what we know about Yellowstone Season 5, 
what we've seen about 1883. But then I also, I don't know if you're like me, I think about past episodes, maybe while I'm falling asleep at night, I'm standing in the shower, I'm going for a walk, and I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And like, there's like things I want to bring up from like three episodes ago that maybe we can't tuck into these weekly recaps. Yes, I completely agree. I have one specifically, a theory that I'm excited to talk about a little bit later. It has to do with Elsa, and I I just can't stop thinking about it. I wanted to start this episode off a little bit differently. I came up with a new segment, um, Yellowstone 1883 Trivia. Okay. Here's how this is going to work. I ask the question at the beginning of the episode. We'll take email responses, staff at tasteofcountry.com, and then next episode, next Monday, or maybe Thursday, but probably next Monday when we recap episode six, we'll reveal the answer and share a new trivia question. Make sense? It does make sense, but what is the what's kind of the caveat here? How what do they win? The prize. Do they win anything? Okay, yeah, that's that's yeah. Fair. What's the prize? That's that's what I'm here for, Billy. I, I don't <laughs> have a tangible like to give someone, but <laughs> I am fair. willing to read or say or sing anything anybody wants me to read, sing, or say with oh, within limits. Wow. Within limits, like it's kind of like. Have you seen the app Cameo? This is Cameo, but Yellowstone, the Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone, an 1883 podcast edition. So no wow. cursing or ludity or foul language, and it can't be like 18 minutes long. You know, give me something that's that's reasonable. Maybe a birthday wish, um, a tribute. If you want me to this is amazing. break up with your girlfriend or boyfriend, I can announce that here during the podcast. <laughs> But the first person... Wow, you can do so many different things, Billy. I'm going right off the top. The first person who gives the correct answer, staff at tasteofcountry.com, they get that reward. You ready? Wow, I'm here for this. Okay. Yeah. Rip Wheeler is the Dutton family enforcer on Yellowstone. So often he has to beat up or kill anyone standing in the way of the family and its objectives. Who was the very first person... We saw Rip kill, and the key words are, we saw. I'll give you a further clue. It happens very, very early on during season one. I can be the dun, 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 dun. Think about it. Dun, 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 That's it. All right, staff at tasteofcountry.com, if you think you know. It was kind of a important, but maybe not well-remembered scene. Okay, well, on that note, moving on, Mm -hmm. should we talk about the recording of 1883? I know you kind of said, you know, the timing of all that is interesting. I'd love to kind of dive in there as we are five episodes into the show. What is happening? I have two theories, and it's possible both are true. Uh, This is the second week we've skipped a week. Uh, There was a break between Mm -hmm. episodes three and four, and now a break between episodes five and six. And we know that 1883 just finished filming on January 15th. So just over a week ago is when they wrapped. Presumably they film chronologically. So episode 10 Mm -hmm. is, or if there's 10 episodes, is in the can as they're preparing to release episode six. They very well could be having some production issues with 1883. I think you have to kind of consider that maybe the reason that they're skipping an episode here or skipping a week is because 1883 episode six just ain't finished. 
Well, man, this tight turnaround, I don't know about you, Billy, but it gives, it stresses me out a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, no doubt about it. Because you got to think there's more considerations than just like the filming. Like there's a lot of times they have to clear certain bits of footage. Maybe they have to clear a song. Like there's some legal matters that have to kind of fall into place. Uh, so there's all those sort of boring back end things. I think that could be partially true, but I think a nice little result of that, and maybe this is the other reason, or even the real reason, is after episode five, which ended very tragically, this show is getting a <sighs> ton of buzz. Like, all of a sudden, the I conversation know. about 1883 is really, really top of mind across the entertainment universe. I think they're getting a lot of new listeners or a lot of new readers coming in from Yellowstone, people who are suddenly interested because mm-hmm. they hear about this amazing, agonizing death that happened. They could very well just be milking this thing. And heck, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> I know. Well, it, it is smart. But man, Billy, ugh, you're talking about the Ennis death and you just put salt in my wound again. I know. You know how I handled last episode. Not well. If anyone was wondering and has not listened to the prior episode or previous episode, not well. Well, I mean, before we kind of get into that, I, I to sort of tie a bow on this scheduling, I have now, mm-hmm. if... Episode 6 airs on January 30th. We're going to go episode 7, 8, 9, 10 in and around episode February 27th, unless they skip another week. I'm assuming 10 episodes, but that's not confirmed either. It could be 8, as some shows do. I've just started watching the show Peaky Blinders, who do 6 episode seasons. Seems a little bit weak, but uh, so, you know, we could be rolling this thing into March, at least, as we sort of start to recap it. And then assuming that the potential four sixes ranch yeah. show begins, we're just rolling right through them. No stopping this train. I think we'll have a little bit of a break there. 1883 was delivered on a really tight turnaround, but they announced the cast like in August, so three months before the season premiere. And then they started giving you uh-huh. a lot of lead time. We don't know anything about those four sixes other than we assume Jefferson White's involved. But they're not going to hang a whole series on little old Jefferson White. I mean, I love the dude. He's fun. I'd be okay with it. Great podcast. But after having shows with Kevin Costner and Sam Elliott and Billy Bob Thornton, I mean, all these actors, it's not starring Jefferson White. You know, you need a little bit more to sort of whet my appetite to to pay $4.99 a month to watch that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That makes sense. Even though I do love Jefferson White. <laughs> My guess is spring, like May-ish for that show. Just a guess. Well, on that note, do we want to dive first into 1883 before we dive into Yellowstone? Yes. Um, we do have a little information about Yellowstone season five. But let's talk about 1883 because I think people kind of felt how we felt after Ennis's death. It was just <sighs> a lot of tears, a lot of agony. And surprisingly, a lot of people will go back and rewatch the episode Specifically, this episode, again and again and again. And I'm just not here for that kind of torture. (laughs) No, I'm a one and done. I saw what I needed to see. I felt what I needed to see. And I don't need to revisit it. (laughs) Interesting, though. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're hoping to feel something different? I, I don't know. Props to the people who've watched it multiple times. My heart could not take that. Well, people have started to kind of develop some theories about what's going to happen next for, I guess, specifically Elsa as we get through Mm -hmm. the rest of this show. Well, and I said this on a previous podcast, but I really think this is 
this last episode was kind of the last time that we're going to see this lighthearted at any point, Elsa. I think this is truly the turning point of her character where it's going to become pretty dark and just the reality of the hardship and just, um, yeah, the refinement of this character, but more in a in a downhill type of way. The joy has been stripped from her. She's now, <laughs> you yeah. know, in a, and she's, as she said, she's seen the world through her mother's eyes now and no longer her own. And so I have a theory kind of on all of this with Elsa and Ennis. I think not only is she pregnant, because number one, if we back all this up to the conversation with Margaret Dutton, where she says, you know, if you end up getting pregnant, I'm not going to take care of the baby. Mm. You know, that's on you. And so then you see Elsa trot off to Ennis and pretty much, you know, say, are you man enough to be the father if I have a child? And he goes, hell yes, I am. And then, of course, he dies. I think I know where you're going. Keep going. This is interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah. So as you even kind of said, this is an episode that so many people have rewatched. And, you know, I think in order to kind of keep Ennis's legacy alive, we're going to have a pregnancy here and a, and a birth of a child. And kind of walking all of this now back, we've seen in the opening or we've seen throughout Yellowstone see this last season, that you'll kind of have flashbacks to 1883. But on the flashbacks of 1883, they're almost future of those flashbacks of, you know, what is to come. The flashback scene that I'm specifically talking about that we see in Yellowstone about 1883 is you see a glimpse of James and Margaret Dutton in their future. Mm-hmm. And there's one scene, so it specifically takes place in in 1893. Ten years later, you see James Dutton Sr., who at the time that we're watching right now is five years old. And now you see him as a teenager. But now there's a second little kiddo who's named Spencer. Right. Where did this kid come from? Well, here is my theory, Billy. So far, we haven't met Spencer, which obviously... If James Dutton Sr. is a teenager at this flashback, obviously we're not going to see him in current episodes of 1883 Spencer because too young, that doesn't right, that doesn't sure. add up. He wouldn't be alive yet. But in all these flashbacks that we're seeing, Elsa's nowhere to be seen. However, yeah. if we recall, in the opening scene of 1883, we get a future of Elsa being impaled with an arrow um, by the Native Americans. And so my theory is that this Spencer kiddo is Elsa and Ennis's child, and Elsa was killed. She was killed by the natives. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now James and Margaret Dutton are raising this child, Spencer. (laughs) Water break. (laughs) Well, I think... One thing that always bothered me about that little boy in the Yellowstone flashbacks is he did look to be about 10 years old. And I was just Mm -hmm. doing the math on the age that Margaret and James Dutton would be. And, you know, I feel like they're probably currently in their 40s, maybe. Near, Near 40, probably on the north side of 40, maybe even pushing 50. That's awfully late for a, a woman in the, the late 19th century to be having a baby. They did not look like they were still Correct. eagerly looking to add family members. 
So where that Correct. kid came from, I could never really figure out. So that's why I, I do think there's a lot of weight to that theory. Uh, Elsa has this baby, and then she gets killed either by the natives or in some other fashion. And ironically, mm-hmm. Margaret has to take care of this child and raise him just like she said she wouldn't do. And that's, I mean, I think regardless of if Spencer is James and Margaret's child or if it's Elsa and Ennis's child, I think regardless, Elsa is pregnant because I don't think that they would have had that such pivotal conversation between mother and daughter and then Ennis dies, which would completely, you know, detract from potentially Margaret's original statement that she made of I'm not going to help you raise him. Well, now there's no father involved because he was literally killed. So now she'll step in. And help out. 